Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for the podcast. Today joining me is Robert Boyle and John Clifford, two regular guests on the panel. Um, basically, guys, we all know it's been a Public Furies again, Sporting Celtic. This podcast is really getting your views. Obviously, it's the Marin game, and obviously, transfer deadline. There's a few things that have been happening recently, which I think a lot of fans are unhappy about, and I think we just need to discuss a lot of things. So, it could be a, another long podcast to get our teeth into. Well, obviously, John, you're just back on again. St. Marin, Barry, maybe your thoughts after the game. As expected, as I've said before, the way the team is playing at the moment, you're just expecting a performance like that. You're just expecting mistakes like that. It's just it doesn't surprise me, and I don't think it's finished yet. I think it's just it's going to go on for a few games yet, especially with the what you could say is a decent run of fixtures against teams for the bottom half of the league. And we've struggled to be fair. Uh, disappointing. Because as we have said, I've heard and other times, any other manager, you'd like to think we'd have got all, all three points out of every game we played this year. Um, comfortable in our games, you think. If we're going to have any chance of calling points back, this would have been the time to get points back on the board. And again, you've got a game in Horn. And Saturday, and you drop points. Again, what we spoke about. We need to win the games in Holland, there's no guaranteed, and obviously the result on Saturday, months first in 30, 31 years at Park Kids, we're breaking every record that we shouldn't be breaking, and it's just, I don't know your thoughts after the game, Robert, but it, it's just very, very bad times, you know? As I said, Brian, the previous podcast, I didn't expect us to get a result, and it's no for want to have a result, I just don't see us in a good place at this moment in time. There's no, we're not playing as a team, we're playing as individuals. The tactics have been changed 33 times in 36 games or something this season. We've no natural width on the park, as you've seen on Saturday. We were playing tumble at a position to accommodate two strikers, which I get. Um, 
and we just went miles off it. St. Mern quite easily played when about us. They played as a unit, they played as a team. There was a togetherness about St. Mern. Everything you expect for Celtic, St. Mern had that we didn't have. They knocked the ball about, they were confident in each other, they were harrying, they were chasing, they were pressing as a team. We were doing everything as individuals, and that's just how we've been talking about how we are as a team. And it all stems from the management. The management just, they've, they've tied everything in their power to get us out this rut, and it's not happening. His excuses are gone now. The Dubai, or we want to have a team. The excuses are gone now. We've now get beat at home, as you say, the first time in 31 years. Recent month, we've drew with Livingston at home, as you say, the lesser teams of the league, the teams that you would say you've still got Hibs, Aberdeen and Rangers and stuff that came up. Um, I just, I don't see it. It was just this, on the game, Ryan, I seen, we, we had two up front, we were 2-1 down at half time. We all heard the rumours about the fight with Griffiths. But then then brings another centre midfielder on to the part in a congested area where we're not getting any joy. Mm-hmm. At that point, you've got two attacking midfielders on the part, practically really the same position. It just, I don't know, it just baffles me now, mate. And I've actually lost my anger that you get watching Celtic now. If you can see that goal or that, you're just sitting there with me, me fighting you, really, watching it. Uh, you're, you're numb, aren't you? Um, I think you're past the angry stage, as you say. And just, it's just, the thing with Griffiths, I was going to talk about it later on, but I'm talking about it now while here. The thing with me with that was, that's what I say to my to John watching it at half time. We thought it was either an injury, because that's why they've been took off. And obviously, Texas during the game, it's maybe this or that. But again, you take, it's no come out in the press or anything, so you don't really know. But even at that, why are you putting Wilgett showing when you've got two, you've got eight million pound worth of strikers sitting on the bench? You've got a Yeti who's been, he's, He's got a goal on him. Kamara, you don't really know. He's still to prove himself in a way. You can't say, and then come out and say, oh, they're no football. You need to play these guys to go, and, if you're trying to win the game, why go one man up front? Everyone knows she's no striker. Right away, you're, I'm not saying you're a, you're a man down, but you're not going to be effective where well you're up front. You will be where you're yet, because I, I thought you're came on. You've seen a bit what he's got to hold the ball, and I know he, he likes a wee dive, right? I know that's, as John John hates that, right? But to me, he's a striker. He's just been a, he's been a bit clever. He's trying, free t- he's trying something. And I think it's something that we mentioned in other podcasts. We cleared it. If we had a winger that could get balls in for a Yeti on the park, I think it was four goals. But for me, Rogic, I'm a big Rogic fan. I don't know what you think, John, but I think Rogic's time, like a few other guys' times, it should have been done in the summer as much as we were happy that we kept our best players. On hindsight, now you're thinking we should have refreshed in four or five players and got rid. I couldn't believe it. Rogic came on. We are struggling now and everybody's got to put their shoes at the wheel. He's not exactly a guy that's going to do that. He's a luxury player. Um, he's not going to run about much, is he? Aye, he might be great on the ball sometimes, but I think his time's gone. Um, I said to you on our podcast that team for Qatar whatever was offered 4 or 4.4 million from him or something I went that's a disgrace 
like for the ability the guys go, he's worth a lot more than that. You'll not get that type of money now for him. As I said, it's not just him. Uh, what the players are worth now compared to they were worth a year ago is a fraction of what they, were, they would have been a year ago. And it's serious money the club are losing with that. You should strike well the iron's hot. Everybody loves Edward. Whether or not they think he's trying to know or not. Last year, Edward was a £40 million player. You probably agree with me. You're not going to get that now. Talking Cham going away. A year ago, Cham was a £15 million player. And now he's turned into a £4.5 million player. What approximately what we paid Man City for? How the fuck have we not made any money on Cham? Two years ago, he was a world beater. Looked as if he was going to go into great things. He's another one that's regressed. Is that the manager? Don't know. Seems to be... People have said, tell me a player that's improved under Lennon. And you'll be scratching your head, wouldn't you? I said, I will, I will touch on the transfer side, but I do agree with you that we've got to cash in on... Again, that just pinpoints how bad the recruitment's been. Most of the podcasts we've, we've done... This season's all, apart from the first two or three weeks of the season, it's all been about how bad the recruitment's been. We've been talking about since October how bad the recruitment's been, and it's not been, it's not been recognised. Again, I will touch on the Davis more that because there's a lot of what I get into with that. But on the game with St Martin, again, Rogic, I agree with you when it comes to. I was, I couldn't believe he was putting them on. I understand that I love the guy for what he's done for us and the treble victory goal but the past is done the minute you look at this season there's just so much there's the guy like Mikey Johnson he put him on with 10 minutes to go what the fuck's that going to change again you're 2-1 doing against the one 10 minutes why why 10 minutes to go why not put him on at half time at least he, he gives you a bit of width as you see what we're crying out oh, you can see what they would um, and that, what I noticed as well it was only when I was watching the highlights of the game for the first throw St Mundon, I think no, it was a kick, it was a, I, a throw in. I throw it for the goalkeeper. They were playing dead wide. Now, I'm not an expert, right? I know that we're playing against St Mundon. Might not be the best of teams, but their own form. Jim Dudman's went 4-4-2, basically went for it. He's playing with two wingers, and we're playing with a diamond. But right, for me, right away, that's, that's going to cause you trouble doing, doing that side. That's just... I don't know. I, I don't know when he's just thinking a game he's done all season. Oh, it's Hamilton. It's St. Mon. We've got the players to win. And they can just go in the park with a diamond and go, you're going to win. You've got to, in my opinion, put a formation in a team to win that game of football. No, just because you like playing a diamond. For me, the diamond, again, it didn't work, in my opinion. It didn't work. It might have worked the last week or the week before. But for me, it didn't suit that game. I don't think of that, Robert. But I think if, I just think, but I, with all other players, with Tumbo as well, put a position, they're taking his game out, and for me, it was detriment to his no winning again. We're well, just naming actual wood, fine, and that's where you beat these teams that are compact and kind of setting up with a system, is doing the wings, because you look at the size of Celtic Park, it is massive. Your joy is, if they compact the middle of the park, you've got to move the ball wide, left, right, left, right, through the middle, move it across the park, that's where you all, 90% of a game of football is one coming down wings, is stretching teams. If you're playing into a compact area, I think 
we could set up a team to compact that. It's it's no hard because all you're doing is running into traffic. I mean, Messi would have struggled to score past it months, flat back eight or whatever it is, when they're just all compact. It's impossible. It's only going to be beating a team like as a bit of magic with 30 yards or a lovely bit of play with Edward with the equaliser, but very rarely you're going to get through. I mean, Jack Rannick, I can't even remember him really pulling off any saves, notable saves. Can you remember it? No, really, no. I, I just... Well, we used to be a team that would pepper teams go 15, 20 shots, and if you do or get beat, you would go, they were lucky as fuck, they, they actually, mm-hmm. and another day we would have scored five. I can't remember the last time I watched Celtic and says, we should have beat a team three or four or five, nothing. I can't remember it, honestly. I've, it would baffle me to get back and try and find a time that we actually looked like we were out and up for the game and beating teams. Underlearning, it's regressed and it's it's like a sinking ship and the ship's just sinking further and further in and the guy is totally insane these comments. I just I don't even listen to these comments now. I can't. He just he makes me physically sick. He's made me like him, to like him, to dislike him, and I don't know whether I want to say that, but that's just how he has made me and how the club has treated us as supporters is a total disgrace. I just I'm no the new Celtic, I'm actually at the lowest I've been. Um, even in the 90s, I was low as this, but we didn't have money. We didn't have what we were meant to be, an elite club. We were going through a period of back then as we had no money. We were nearly hitting the brick wall with finances. We've, we've no excuses now. Back then, you had excuses for that. No, we've no excuses. It's all down to arrange stupidity, arrogance and neglect. And this is what it's came to. That's the way I feel with Celtic now, mate. I say, on, on that, I will touch on that, because it's something I'm big on as well, is all this review talk and all that, but I will touch on that. But obviously you're talking about Edward's equaliser. For me, again, that goal, it'd be brilliant, but I, I thought this shot was a bit of a... It was a good goal, but... I can't even really criticise the goal, but I just thought that the full game, it just, again, his performance... He's wee, he's wee, he's wee, he's wee flicks and tricks, but it just looks half-hearted and it just looks like I don't want to be here. And it's, again, I, I don't want to criticise the guy's profess, uh, professionalism because I, I, he probably is trying, but maybe not the effort that we've seen because he's nowhere near the guy that John spoke about who we, who I've been saying he's one of the best boys, but I've seen it parked maybe since Larson. Oh, he's got already a bar into the world. Um, and then the first goal, for me, again, Greg Taylor, I don't want to keep him on here and being negative about players and criticising professors, but he's not going to take us forward. I know we've only got him and Laxalt, but he's got to do better, man. It's uh, He's sucked in, and then he's, he's letting the guy away. Duffy's come out again, I've scored. And I thought Scott Bain didn't cover his and glory either. I don't know if I'm been too critical. I didn't think he, no, and then I just don't really think on that, John. But you know, my feelings on I think a lot of guys who listen to the podcast and, and, and girls that listen to the podcast for me, Gary Taylor's not going to be the man to take it forward. I know we've got to maybe day one the new at the end of the season, but I don't think if we want to progress as a club, as Robert says, Lowell keeps saying we're an elite club, we want to do well in Europe. 
I know you can maybe with a better coach, you might get a bit better, but I don't think you're going to get a guy that's going to take his up and down, up and down, balls in the box. And for me, he's always wanted to turn back the way. He's not wanting to go forward with the ball. Yeah. Again, I don't know if that is me being too critical. I like people to tell me I'm talking utter gash, but I think just by watching him, I don't know if it's because we're too used to Greg Taylor, John, eh, Kieran Tierney, John, that I'm thinking of maybe too far ahead about Greg Taylor, but I don't think, I think there's enough chances now. Um, I think under a better manager, I don't think he would get a game. I don't, I don't even think he would make the bench. That's just my opinion, John. Um, I would say he's more solid than Laxalt, to be fair. Um, mm-hmm. He did get drawn out of position. He, he did fucking play it around about him. Um, do you see Scott Bain turned away when the guy shot? You just fucking take it in the face of the boys, whatever. That's what you're there for. Poor goal to lose. Um, got to remember, Greg Taylor's a Scotland international shrine. So is fucking Stephen O'Donnell running off in Gallica. Um, no talking about Scotland, but that, that's international players that say are signing. They're, they're no diddies, if you know what I mean. Pro- Greg Taylor was a proven left back to Kilmarnock. He's trying to step up. I don't think he's good enough to play. Um, don't like to say, don't like to criticise him too much. Mm, but going forward, I don't think he's good enough, as you say. Yeah, a lot of people might listen in or see I, maybe they criticise too much or hate Ryan criticise. I'm just saying from my point of view and because of what we have seen, I think Robert might agree maybe, because of what you've seen the last three or four years, how high we were pressing, how high we were, the boys were getting farther in the box, and I don't think the recruitment's been good enough. Again, we've signed three left-backs, Waxalt, Bolly, and Taylor. With, what, maybe, one, maybe nine, ten million worth wages, and everything else, I don't know. And I think, for the money that we're spending, it's, it's no good enough for the product on the park. No, thanks. It's a shambles. We've already said it. It's like, if you make so many mistakes in a job, surely there's got to come a time. I'm not talking about learning the new, I'm talking about the recruitment. Surely you've got to be sacked. I mean, you keep making mistake after mistake. I mean, this isn't like blowing 200 grand, 300 mm-hmm. grand. This isn't millions of pounds. And we've still not got a solution to the left back. Now we've not even got a right back. We've got a guy who's just came in loan. But if you want to talk about that, the new thing. I Aye. don't see the point in it. I've nothing against the boy. The boy might be absolutely brilliant, but why won't I play for six months with any option to buy? And I just I just feel it was desperation really to go and mm-hmm. oh, we need a right back, we need a right back. Uh, who, who will we get? We'll go and get this boy because Everton will give us, us him for six months and they want to make progress. We're not to sell it, but get six months up there and that way he's at least getting game time. But what does it benefit Celtic? Let's be honest. Do we really need them for the running? Like to maybe scrape by into second place? Because for me right now, that isn't even guaranteed. I, I, people might think, oh, he's been a bit of hysteria here. He's, he's overreacting. But we are playing really bad teams now. And we'd, I can't see where the next win's going to come from. And the players just look to me as if they're down tools. They really do. I don't know if that's because they don't want to be here. I don't know if they're fed up with Celtic. I don't know if they're fed up with Lennon. I don't know if there's 
a big divide and a change in them. But it is absolute amateurish the top to bottom. And the club were all great at coming out and telling us when you were doing nine in our own code out with tables, boasting about how good it was. Now their silence is totally deafening. They tap the bottom and you're just, you just want them to come out and see if they come out and say, no one's here at the end of the season, but we've got this manager, the way they've done it with Peter Lawwell, this manager's come in, he's looking at the team now, he's telling us where we want to go, but you're going to be stuck with. You can maybe bite your nails and grit mm-hmm. your teeth and go, we can do it at the end of the season because we've got this appointment coming in. The season book the nails is up, what, four, three, four weeks, they'll be firing them through your door begging you to renew it to help Celtic over the line and we nearly need G's more than ever because of the pandemic and all this crap. Mm. Right now, I don't see them selling any season books. There will obviously be a lot of fans that will be desperate to renew because they've had it 20 odd year or 15 years or whatever, but how can they sell a season book and pay a, really a, a package for five or six hundred pounds when what you're watching is total junior football? Let's be honest. But to see on, obviously, you talk about the guy signed for Everton, right? Lenny says in his press of the day, I'll touch my on his press later, but he touched on that saying, I've been a long admirer of him, so why not sign him the summer then? If you've knew about him for that long. Yeah. Why, why, and why not sign him even at the start of January? Why do you need to wait to the last day of the window? I don't know why teams in general. Again, I don't know if, if I'm getting too hyped up about it, because I don't know Renzi and Oates. Uh, what happens in clubs, what they do for a procedure. But for me, sure it doesn't take you 30 days to get a guy on loan for Everton who it's not like he's, a, it's not like he's played every week for Everton. He, he's on the bench, on the squad, he's on the bench. So it's not like he's playing every week. So why does it take you 30 days? And it's not like you're, you've got to get him travel for Russia or something. He's coming to down south. He's only coming yeah. across the water. So it's, and then again, it's the same with Ben Davis, but We'll touch on that later with the transfers, but for me, I agree with you. He might come in and he might stay to the ship. He might be, he might be a very good defender, but why, as you say, was there an option to buy? You're basically getting for six months, getting him six months for development for Everton, paying six months his wages, and going see you later, and then you're left without another another way back. Because Ralph is not good enough. Yeah. Alham is looks like he might be gone in the summer because you're hearing bits and bobs. His agent says he's not happy. And he didn't say he's happy. You don't know. He played against Rangers. We've not been seen since. Come off the bench for 15 minutes. Don't be seen since. It's just, we can talk about it for a long time, John, but when it comes to that, I, I really don't know the thinking behind it. I understand the thinking behind trying to maybe get a good player in for six months, but the thinking behind not having an option to buy, I like to think he'd only be worth like £10 million. He's on, he's on the bench for Everton. And Everton have got a lot of we're starting to find a lot of stars now, a lot of money once you're out of there. He's probably going to be out the door in the summer. Surely you would go listen, even if it's just he's the first option on him to talk to him, something. I don't know what you think of that, John, but I think Celtic's getting a bit, maybe, I understand you've got to have the loan market and use it to your advantage. Maybe loan a guy for a full season, like Ellen Roosie, maybe going, right, today we're a game, I'm maybe keep going again. But, Six months and then saying see you later. The club's not going to progress in my opinion if we keep doing that. Can you tell me a successful loan signing that came to Celtic apart from Fraser Foster? Maybe Paddy Roberts at a push. Maybe. At a push. Maybe. 
Part of posh, maybe, aye. Part for that. I thought John. I thought John. I thought John Gadetti was all right in the first few months he was here, and then obviously dial up in them because the business thing. Um, you know, I don't. There's not a lot of. Aaron Lucy, you can see he's been all right because his stats will say he's been all right. Um, but apart from that, I think Foster's the main one in it. Aye, it's not a market itself. It's been successful and just money doing the drain, paying paying wages for the players. Paying a loan fee and getting nothing out of it at the end of the day, it's no a route I'd, I would go down. I'd rather, well, you want to talk about later on about the youth mm-hmm. side there. How come we've not got boys coming, champing the door, coming through? But you, you want to speak about that later, didn't you? Aye. But Earl Robertson, playing every week down south, came up here and he's no kicked a ball. Why bring the boy back? Was he on the bench on Saturday? No, you get loaned back, back out. Oh, I went back out. Sorry. Must have apologised. I must have missed that. But, um, so he was up for back for maybe three games and didn't feature. That's poor. Because obviously you're talking about lone guys that have came to the club. Saturday again, Shane Duffy's come in. The second goal, I don't want to, I don't want to laugh at the guy. But that... No, just laugh. Laugh. That's... that's yeah. That's you don't defend, laugh, you'll greet the That's defending that like yourself, John, you're a football coach at an amateur club. If that was one of your defenders, you play centre back, you your management team would be beginning after nothing. Well let's be honest, you would that's that's mistakes that some amateur players don't even make. Uh, I'm not a defender, but you know you face the ball, you don't fucking get yourself all tangled. And it's we're talking about an experienced internationalist here with how many caps he's had. A lot of caps played. As we spoke before, John, before we came on, he got 21 games for Brighton last year. So it wasn't like he didn't play at all for Brighton. So he did play some part in the Premier League. So I think the guys, I don't know if it's because he's a Celtic fan and everything's, I don't know what it is, but I know the big man himself, but we know he's, he's, he's not done himself justice. Because I think when I first seen him be signing, I couldn't believe I've a brilliant. He'll get he'll get his sword at the back and this is where I think Lennon again Robert was spoke about his mismanagement. This is where a good manager. I know we're struggling with centre backs, right? But you get a young guy in Welsh, see for see for six months, the fans aren't gonna criticise that boy because he's only came into the team getting experience. If he fails, he fails. But the value a youth a chance in my opinion for the next six months than a guy who's not been there. Really, all season, no playing well all season. Um, if you've got a good manager, in my opinion, Robert, like a Rogers, or even maybe even a dialer, might have even done this. Take the guy out of the situation, send him away down back, so for two months, listen, go and get his straight and come back up. That's for me, that's where your management skills comes in. I, the boy Welsh, I don't really think the boy's done too bad. They were asking him, I've never remember him making any howlers like Duffy, or even Beaton in that case, he's probably the better one out of the freedom. Uh, but Lennon's no great at developing young boys, as he says. He's no, that's no his game. He's just ready for then and now type of thing. Um, obviously, he broke James Forrest through, but that was uh, four years or something. Three years, whatever he was in charge, he only broke one guy through the mm. youth team. Um, I don't think he's one that concentrates on the youth development. And 
this is the perfect time, as you say, to bring him in. Because we're not exactly playing the best. Why not give the boy a run against? But Shane Duffy, the last we say about him, the better, to be quite honest. The guy's, honestly, looks like he's too fucking fearless. He's tied together at times. He's fucking spitting airhings, falling airhings. He's running about with a fucking blindfold on. I don't know what he's doing. I honestly don't. If I don't laugh, I'll greet on the matter. He's a fucking absolute shambles, man. I just, honestly, he was playing with another team. Keep picking him, uh-huh. He keeps picking him, even though he's honking, he keeps picking him. I know. I know. I, I, I don't get it, John. I honestly don't get it. Is it because they're giving him that crazy wage up here that they feel they need to play him? But I think he's costing you more with the mistakes he's making. I can't remember a game he's not made a mistake and it's cost a goal. I can't remember one of the last games. It's like, honest to God, it's like somebody's won a Paradise Windfall at Celtic Park, but if you don't get money, you get a year's contact and sent off for Celtic. Duffy comes out the fucking North Stone with this ticket. I write that's you, you're the centre off for Celtic for the year. That's what it's like, because I think you could probably pick somebody at the Stone who'd be a better centre off than him. He's fucking horrendous. He's reading the game and everything's shambolic. Because I can remember when we signed him, a few Brighton fans or Abergu signed for you guys and I hope he does well for you and blah, blah, blah. And nobody really says he was going to be bad for us. So I was thinking, so I've seen him like a, a lot. Is, I've seen him play for Ireland. You've seen him play during the match of the day. And Brighton have been decent since they've, been, they've come up. They've survived. I don't know if it's... In, the, it's, in this season, as the months has went on, we've had to defend quite a bit. So, you think then that's when maybe he'd come to the floor, John? But, like, on Saturday again, it, the goal, man, it's just, as soon as it's the ball went to LEC, you just knew something was going to score. And I, again, I thought, I don't really want to criticise the goal too much because he didn't have a lot today, but I didn't think he covered himself and glory with a second goal either. Again, turned his face away, didn't look at the ball. So, Again, I don't have been too critical because you're you're, you're no hurting anymore. You're just you're getting a bit peed off with how how bad it is, and then he's can look. we just saying the Barkas has got to be the number one goalie now, and then he's no and then he's no and goals. He's only played two of the last five or six games. If I'm saying that, it's just done it, John. It's just everything's just building up and building up against him. We his position. Matumboa again, he's positioning players who he's putting every week. I know he's, you've maybe only got a slight option of who you're playing, but I'd rather maybe you guys on the bench, like as much as I might know, rate Mikey Johnson, play him. Guys who are going to be in that position, they know what they're doing instead of putting guys in position and Welsh at centre back. Guys who I've got maybe something to prove. I've got, to get, I've got six months to prove myself here. See, the first one, see that people say, eh, Big Shane's a Celtic fan. Couldn't they care if you're a Celtic fan or no? Or these foreign boys are the Celtic fans. That's getting nothing to do with playing with Celtic. He's, he's been honking since he came. Scored a couple of goals his first couple of games, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But he's been absolutely... It's, it's the basics. As I said before, good players do the basics all the time. He can't do the basics, right? As Robert says, he's fucking got shoelaces tied together. Unbelievable the way he turned round on Saturday, wasn't it? Faced her away. Basic mistakes. I just think it's... 
as as Robert says, he keeps playing him. Keeps playing him and he's playing him in the boy Welsh is here. I know. But it's... what I would say, I, I, I do agree with, with maybe I'd like to see Welsh play the rest of the season, but she cause we are so bad, that boy might get dragged down as well mm-hmm. and have a right bad spell. It's it's maybe unfair the boy, I don't know. I prefer a prefer a bit of experience here, but I've not really got it, have we? Because obviously you're talking about guys aggressing. I thought Tom and Sorrow had the two worst games I sell Jason Saturday. Sorrow wasn't getting a hold of the ball. Tumble wasn't wasn't getting the the alliance to go and get the ball forward and play football. And I think he had one or two shots in goal normally. Tumble was, again, because Griffiths on the park, he's taking free kicks. He's taking the corners. Edwards, Tumble's kind of just getting left in lots again. But against Tabs and Livingston, he was taking the ball full confidence. I'm taking this. I'm taking that. Uh, And I, I just, I think, under learning, I think these guys are just going to regress again, and I don't want that to happen. I want somebody to come in because there's so many players regressing under him now. Edward started to regress, and then Cham, he's away now. For me, and Cham under Rogers was frightening. He might have had five or six good games, two or three bad games, but I thought in Cham under Rogers was he's one of your mainstays in the team because you knew he would give you that killer pass or he would deliver a good ball in the box. He would, he was a it was a back kind of energy in the middle of the park. We've not got that anymore from because he's again in his press conference today, man. He says eighteen months he's doing it and Sham wanted away. So why is he still here? Why is he still here if he doesn't want to be here? Again, mismanagement, Robert. The guy looks like he's needing walked up now. His, how he's not been sacked is beyond a joke. I bet you Alex Dyer, the commander, who just got sacked the other day, hasn't he? His record's probably in a similar want any winnings, seven wins or six wins in 24 games. I can guarantee there's this, I've not seen it, but I was looking at it the other day and I meant to actually have a look to see, but they've sacked him. Ross County sacked their manager with a record similar to him. So what the hell's keeping him at Celtic? What is it he's got? Because it's certainly no management, it's certainly no the players are playing for him. I don't know. I really don't. Has the board just not got another option? The way they... they Gave him the job in the showers. There's no other option because they were that arrogant and just thought it was all going to work out. I don't know. That's just, that's far from me. But the mayor, I watch Celtic. The mayor, I don't like the guy. And I think his mental health probably fucking at an all-time high. He's saying stupid things. He's kind of away with stupid things. These interviews are just pre-recorded shit that you get every game. You know what I mean? Um, as I said, I've not listened to the last two or three, but the usual crap, they uh, lack energy, they lack creativity, players on the way to be here, players on the way to do this. Why does he not take your blame for it? Why is he not turning and go, by the way? He did say in August, was it August, September time? If things start to take a dip in form. Uh, um, October, October. October, sorry. He says if things start to take a dip in form, I'll hold my hands up and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll ski up. He's not done that. He's just arrogant and it's about him now. It's only about him ever, but we're now... He's just shown his true colours and that. I've seen a thing for the Rangers game. Um, somebody put on Twitter, I don't know if it's true, but for the Rangers game at Celtic Park, um, if you took the league for anything new, we'd be sitting fourth in the league. I don't know if that's true. Somebody put that and I went, wow, that's scary. How bad we are. So I don't see his winning at Kamala on Tuesday either. I don't see it. 
There's not uh, obviously one SP, but I don't see it. No one behind him in a plastic pitch and tactically no got a clear. Because obviously you're talking about obviously his mental health as well. I think I, I was listening to Chris Sutton and Robbie Savage in Five Live. Even Chris Sutton says that he says he's my mate and he says I think for Celtic's good and Neil's health and Neil's good. I think he's got to go now because I can see it and he's I don't think he's right and, and I don't think he's mental health right at all because one minute he's smutting through press conferences and the next minute he's he's getting angry and I'm like I don't think I think for the good he's in health I think it's maybe time to step aside and take a break and get yourself energised because I, I, I do I, he's I the stuff he's saying in press conferences and and then he's saying he's saying the day that. Um, I think one of the guys for the BBC asked him, Officer Lowell's away now. Are you going to fall? Does that mean you're falling or something? Someone he says, Why would I have any intention of going? And I'm like, You can't kid the fans on. The fans will not uh-huh. be there next year. I know people, like Rangers fans, and say, Obviously, the city might say, Ah, real fans, you go to the game, few fans, this. Listen, see if your team is performing as bad as we are, and the managers know them very well. The board, as you say, the silence about all this of you, it's absolutely deafening. Uh, the lack of respect for the fans and the guys that pay the money and obviously the guy, the John Paul Taylor, the amount of work he's getting at his door, messages, letters, it must be hard for him as well having to deal with this because he's probably not really got everything that he knows what's happened. Um, I think Lennon's, I, as you say, it's October. He says if things go down, I'll put my hands up. I think that's been and gone now and I think... What you say earlier that if the board just come out and says he's getting a job for the summer and he's gone, like Dyer had done near the end of his career and says, by the way, I'm end of the season, I'm off, I'll play the rest of my games, and that's it. If he does that, I think fans might go, right, okay, we're not happy with the situation, but we'll watch a game through our fingers and we'll just hold on to the end of the season. But I think now, John, it's, you're not wanting to, it's no my nature, but some fans are different. Some fans might get a bit personal. Some fans might get a bit angry towards him. And I think his legacy is slowly, slowly, slowly. It's not going to be the legacy that he should have and what he would like to have. And I don't think he's going to get it anymore. The reason he should go, it's not for his mental health sake, his health. It's because he's failed at his job. Mm-hmm. As the bottom line, he's failing. Uh, he's lucky the crowds under there and people's paid for their books up front people just people would have just a stop gone and done whatever else would have done on a Saturday um, what was it you said Hibs were 7 for something a week when they sacked him or whatever they were 9 for 8 when they left him or something they were not doing very well they started off well and then they crept down again and then Can Cam, Cam, Cam Berry a few players went to the board and then I like your wife. I see that's I'm no that's no what I know the truth. That's just what I've heard through Twitter and, and the vines that players went to Dempster and says they weren't happy about them. Ah, there was a full out one though. So it's again I've I've been a bad I was adamant when we signed them as manager again. I could not believe it. You've won I remember that. I could not believe it. I could not believe I'm like, are you, are you joking me? Fair enough. I think I had a bet on that for Celtic to win the treble, so I was buzzing. And then, oh, Lennon's a manager. And I was like, what? I think a lot of fans were very deflated 
it was like you just lost the treble, no won the treble. I think a lot of fans felt the same from what I've seen on Twitter and sharing tweets are all kind of feeling the same. And fair enough, last season, no, sorry, but they came in with Rodgers, won the league. I know he won the league last year, but you could, you could see it away from the start of pre-season, Griffiths came back overweight, that the professionalism was starting to drop. And now it's, for me, it's dropped to the lowest I've seen since, since I've been watching Celtic, Robert. I will. The Griffiths issue, the ball and goalie issue, to me that's no a team that's gone for 10 in a row. There's too many issues behind the scenes. It's not getting addressed. Um, it just, it was just cracks appearing there and we didn't take, I'm not saying the fans, the fans knew it. Obviously, what's happening, we always kept putting banners up, no sleeping at the wheel. Don't ruin your legacy, blah, blah, blah. But the board didn't see it coming and the management didn't see it coming. As you've seen, they've been winning the fucking job in the showers. As you say, as I remember leaving Hamden that day and feeling deflated and you've just won another treble. Um, and talking to football coming back for the game and my mate, not the biggest fan of Lennon, he was going to have his head, he was going bananas. And um, just as a club, it just, we didn't stop the cracks when they started to appear. Like Griffiths coming back, he should have been put on a ten regime right away. Ball and goal should have been dealt with right away. I did deal with it, but I felt they were too late to deal with it. They got them at the club too late. Their recruitment in the summer was slow, laboured. They didn't get the right guys in what they should have done. It's just if you pile small things up, they end up becoming big things and that's what's happened. And now the big things has just come down and fell tapiers as a club. And it's just Going for cheap options and try to... I mean, we know Damien Duff is leaving, right? Who's mm-hmm. meant to be a really good coach. And we didn't even know how to replace him. So we go and get a guy... I'm not saying Gavin Stratton. I don't know what he does, right? But he might be an all right coach or whatever. But we go and get a guy from Peterborough at an elite club at Celtic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To replace a guy like Damien Duff, who was very high, highly voted. To me, it's just the cheap options now coming back to... Right as my arse at every opportunity. And don't get me wrong, we've probably splashed a lot of cash on average players. And again, we are saying that fucking, like, Barkas, never a £5 million goalkeeper in his life. A Yeti, never a £5 million striker in his life. In my opinion, that is. And we've probably been desperate and spending more money than we actually should have on average players because we didn't do our homework on players, we didn't do things right, and we've not got a plan B. I mean, there's a boy Davis who we'll met the same. Why not have that contact written and done at the start of January. Why wait till mm-hmm. the 30th? Liverpool come in and take them off you and you've still not got this contact. Why have we not got a plan B for another centre-half to come in? We're desperate to try to get a guy for Tottenham reserves, a young boy coming through. No, that's not happening. We just, we don't have a plan A, B and C. We have plan A and if plan A doesn't work, we just run a bit like heedless chickens trying to get a plan B and it's come back to bite us in the arse and that's just simply it. But that's the tap of the club right in the club. And I think <laughs> That's what the, the poison's just come ripping through the full club. The poison. See, see, on can I, you were talking about well, going to kind of transfers and recruitment. Yeah, a guy, uh, I, uh, can I question for Robert Smith? He says, something must be done about our transfer methods. Every time we're interested in a player, it takes ages to get anything done. How many targets have we missed out on recently through penny pensions and delays? Nick Hammond is a disaster. Should we try and get Damien Duff back? On that, Robert, I agree with you. I think 
we're going to talk about it every wee days, penny pinching, and I understand we're going through a pandemic, but we've just shelled Jeremy Finpon for having a million pounds, so surely you've got a million pounds to sign the guy Davis, who, as you've said, Robert, we've now, for the Hank Lennon Soak said in the summer, is that again, didn't he, or something? So they've now, for then, they've had 30 days in this one day to sign a pre- How long did it take to sign a pre-contract? I understand maybe they, maybe Ben Davis is humming and hiring about signing, but see if Celtic want Ben Davis. You listen, pal, you sign the new or no? They can't wait two, yeah. three weeks. We are. If, if Peter Lovell's, Peter Lovell's, uh, John try to say that we're this elite club and we're Celtic, we don't accept second best. Say to him, listen, you've got a week or two to tell me if you don't want it, off us off the table. Just be ruthless. That's what all these top, yeah. that's what these top cheek execs and chairmen are and these big, but Man United, the Glazers, they're ruthless. If you don't want to come, fine, don't come. What I would say about Davis is, well, the current Champions League holders have signed the boy, so I would imagine the boy's very good. Mm-hmm. And I think they might have missed the boat on him. He might have been a player that we could have sold in a year or two's time for mega money, as we do. Um, see the garden stra- young striking I'm not going to criticise the guy I, he came for League One and before that do you know it was a couple of non-league teams he was as well he's not been in the football league for a long time but I think the criticism he gets a bit unfair he's only doing what he's fucking told at the end of the day isn't he no I, I, I get what you're saying there John I'm not criticising the guy I'm criticising the club Aye. I'm going out and getting a guy like him I'm not saying it's spent today with him, but why go for a guy like Damien Duff to a guy that we've never heard to with a laptop, really? You know what I mean? Because it's striking his boy or what? I don't know. Ryan thought he might have been decent for getting on tap talent for the war leagues in England. Maybe Davis was one that he's flagged up as well. And for whatever reason, the boy's no signed. But see the garden signing pre-contracts he doesn't have to tell his club what he's doing if he's in the last six months. He doesn't have to tell them nothing. Who he's signing for or nothing. He's nearly mm. global ovation to do that. So, Preston might... He, he might have had other clubs in from Preston don't know about it. He doesn't have to make them aware of it. Mm-hmm. I just but think, I think it's... It's the same, again, it's the same saga as with your McGinn's and other guys. And the guy Tony and all... I spoke about recruitment again, more, but I think he's 16, 17 goals in the championship, six assists, and we've got £8 million lying on the bench. Harley scored a goal last season. Harley caught... I started that field, but he's only playing. Kamala still a, a raw talent. Is he good enough? For me, I don't know yet. There's a lot taken out. I don't really want to judge too many guys this year because of how much of a poor season it's been. There's a few of your, your thoughts are already kind of own some of the guys, but um, I just think the recruitment side and transfers were, were very, very slow at doing things. Even his press of the day, Robert, um, they spoke about, obviously, the guy, Kenny. He was a long admirer, but why do you know what I'm getting in the summer? Um, there was no links about him in the summer. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, obviously, he spoke about the Spurs guy. The both of the Spurs has they played much the last few months, so why could you know get that motion and the new or start of December for January. Why wait till 
the threat of January to go. By the way, I'm interested in you. Do you want to come? Why not? <laughs> Ryan, why can't, how come we sign players that's no playing for their own fucking club? They can't get again. I know. I know. Why but, is that? See the thing on Davis? I'm going to say a thing on Davis. This is just modern football, right? That boy will never be heard there again. He'll, I mean, you, he's not going to get into the team of Van Dyke. Joe Gomez, Matip, and they're signing a boy for thirty million pound on loan now, but a thirty million pound deal in the summer for Schalke. That boy is only going there purely and simply because of the European champions. Are either a big club in England? Money, it's money. That's the, that boy will be a millionaire. But what's he going to do? He's going to end up in loan at somebody when he goes there. He might play the new because they've not got any centre half. I get that, but you're not going to tell me when Van Dyke that comes back they're going to sit on the bench because Ben Davis is in front of him. He's just a stopgap for the mm-hmm. a couple of four weeks, five weeks till they get sent or half in. And then that's where you'll never hear him again. For me, the guy's just all about money. He's not interested in coming up to Celtic and playing. He's 25 years of age. He's just bought about money and more than playing. And I think that's just modern football, in my opinion. I just think it's a disgrace. He could have went to Celtic, played brilliant, two seasons, you says, John, get in there and maybe go to a West Ham or something for 12 million. Get his game at West Ham. And then, but Liverpool is not going to be seen. You can't tell me he's going to get in there to Liverpool and break into their team and be this outstanding centre-half. If he does, I'll hold my horns up and say, aye, amazing to the guy, but I just think money's just, that's just modern-day football. The guy's went there to say, he plays with the European champions, but money's not the object because he's not going to get a game. I just found it a bit strange that he picked that. Because what I said, I don't know about three strings I heard he was going to Liverpool. I see. What's the bet? He's 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 on Lord Rangers next season. Get Gerrard still there. <laughs> oh, but, uh, but the recruitment side for us, it's on hindsight. You're thinking, right? We signed four or five good players in the summer. Looking back, you thought, right? Centre back experience, a yeti. Goals for Basel coming up here. Prove yourself. You know, playing at West Ham and Bye. just. Right. He hadn't scored a goal for eighteen months. No, I know. I know. West Ham, I know. That, that, that's what you're maybe thinking, this might be the move. But How can you a, pay £5 million pounds for a guy that hasn't scored a goal for 18 months? I know. His it's, agent it's, must be really good, I'll tell you. It's criminal. It's it's very... And then it's even up to January, the day Robert again, he's pressure. They ask him about the, the Spurs boy and he says, if we can't really get a man, I don't know. Uh, he's one of, one of guys and he says, well, if you can't get him, we get another centre-back. Uh, I don't know if that can happen. So you've had 30 days to try and get a centre-back and a right-back, and you need to wait to the, the 30th of the, 30th of January to get it. I understand it's not just as easy as phone him, get him up the road. I know it takes a few days to get medicals and paperwork and talk to guys, but it doesn't take you 30 days, in my opinion, to talk. Surely through my experience of just watching football, it doesn't take you 30 days to talk to a guy and get me signed, surely. No, I think they had their full thing on signing Ben Davis. I think that was the thing. And then that didn't happen. It was desperation. They look at Tottenham reserves. Oh, that boy, we'll try him. Nah, we're not getting him. And now they're just stuck. As you say, you should have an A, B, C, D probably on transfer targets. Jose Mourinho always had three targets or four targets. He tells you that. My mate read his book and said that Jose Mourinho always had four targets for any position he was looking at. 
three or four targets, and if they didn't get their first one, he'd go to the second one, I'd like the second one, go third one, blah, blah, blah. That's a guy who knows what he's talking about, and as a manager, to me, Celtic don't know what they're doing. It's a, we'll go for him, oh shit, we don't know how we're going to get him, no, we can't get him, oh no, it will do. Then the desperation starts, and they're just trying to pluck people with West Ham reserves, Tottenham reserves, they're just trying to pluck cunts for anywhere. Then, because obviously John, um, we spoke about as well that, well, I spoke about his press conference to you before we come on that he says he was gazumped that Davis, gazumped that Liverpool pipped us to the post. But where money for 30 days? Liverpool just kept, Liverpool have come in within 24 hours and signed him. I, I don't know. As I say, see if I've been too critical about how we go about our transfer business and I'd like somebody to tell me because through, through even me, at any level of football, if it's amateur, junior, it's a phone call, listen, you're interested, I will talk to you in two or three days, we'll get back to you. It doesn't take you 30 days to go to hound a player to get him to sign. And then obviously we're talking about the youths. Let me list the guys who, again, young boy Liam Hughes, goalkeeper, 19-year-old at Liverpool. Again, the Sagana guys that have left. Uh, Hughes, Hepburn, Morrison, Adam, Frimpong and Dembele. Dembele's even at summer, but it looks at Why is our top talent leaving? What, what, I know I understand the why to go to these big clubs and maybe pick this, but can you know persuade them to develop here and maybe get in the Celtic first team and then we'll get you a bigger move and get you earn your trading away? I know they'll go there, they make you better coaches and they make you better facilities. I understand that. And, but that's, that's no... To the fans, we're just here as fans to, to think what we should think should happen. And Lennon, if it's Lennon, whoever's the recruitment, if it's Tommy McIntyre, whoever it is, should be talking to these boys day in, day out, trying to get them better, talking to them. Why is so many even first team players and youth players leaving under Lennon? And it, John, it's very, for me, there's just an avalanche of players wanting to leave, wanting to go. Eight new agents coming in, new agents want to get guys out of the world, and then Sham's leaving. His agents been chatting about for for months to get them sold. It's just there's a there's something no right behind the scenes, and I don't think we're getting the full the communication side's been terrible with the full thing. But when it comes to knowing knowing what's happening at the club with the youths, it's it's very very hard to. If we want to develop players, how can develop players and they don't want to stay? Celtic only actually developing. Many players knew the last 10 years. Tell me who's come through. Forrest, McGregor, Tierney. McGeady, years ago. McGeady, right. I was married. Marshall, years ago again. That's, right. that's beyond that. Is Celtic. Tierney, McGregor, no. Forrest. McGregor, Forrest, Tierney. Mikey Johnson, that's it. That. Aye. That's... I can't think anybody else that's had a, what you would call a proper career at Celtic. I know most three boys maybe stay in football and get a job with another club, hopefully they do, but we're not producing the way we used to. I, I don't even think Rodgers was one for wanting to bring through players. He was more interested in the same as Mourinho never fucking plays young boys. He's, mm. he's he doesn't want to develop players. He wants players that's already developed at the top of their game. The amount of money Celtic spend on their academy, they need to start producing because 
there's going to be less money kicking about, aren't there? And we're going to need to get a couple of nuggets to maybe sell on. They spend £2 million a year on it, John. Aye. And that's probably more than 90% of the teams in the SPL's budgets a year. And that's just in Europe. Um, yeah. And they weren't any great in the league. Hamilton and that were beating them in the league. But the youth league, I think Hamilton was uh, the last team to win the youth league. So where, where's that gone, Ryan? I say, John, to Ryan before, I think a guy like Aronny Dyler coming in and taking out the youth setup because he's good at developing young boys would be a shout to get his like, a, a rare talent, maybe taking it for the under-23s right down to the under-10s, say. Ronnie Dyler being the head guy and then producing them for there. Just somebody in his type of guy that can produce young players and he'll know get as much stress and he'll know be under as much pressure as what he was under as the manager of Celtic. Hang as you can have tomato sauce for Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> see, see the hang is the full the full thing. Celtics, we don't surely your youth's got to be one of your main things at a club because they're the guys that might get you money. And get you, get get young guys actually. Or if he can do it, then I might want to, I, I, I might want to try and play football and get in again. It's just be things I think that we're missing out in tricks again. We're missing tricks on you know, guys like even first teamers like Ben Davis, and then see like guys like in the jam night. You know, people are saying I'm. Anybody who listens to this podcast and follows me on Twitter knows how much a fan I was in a jam. I thought. I know Rangers fans talk about Glenn Kamara, but for me, Nanchamon, I know I keep saying on his day, but with the ability he's got, for me, he's the best midfield in Scotland. I think he's better than Cam McGregor on his day. He's, he's got everything. He's, he's got drive. He's got, a, he's got a shot on him. He's got just everything to go and play with a better team, I think, in my opinion. And a better, don't think maybe a, under a, a better management. Because with Rodgers, him and Berlin, Edward, when Edward was when they were thriving, they were brilliant, man. The football we were playing was brilliant. And then again, the Lennon's came in. He done all right against him, Lazio and stuff like that. He was still relatively consistent in, in a way. And then he just regressed and regressed and Edward regressed. There's so many players that are regressing under Lennon. And for me, that's not a good sign. That's no right that something's no right behind the scenes. And I've seen McGregor's interview on Saturday. I've seen his face. I don't know if you watched the interview, Robert. But he was sick, man. Uh, Winty John, you can uh, see his face. I think they're plugging him under the bus a wee bit. He keeps doing all the interviews after the games. And I feel sorry for the boy, because I didn't think he actually played too bad on Saturday. No. I thought he was trying, but players were a bit more than really helping him, were they? I just think he's... I think, as you said, I think the last podcast, or what, the game against Sparta Prague, I think it was at Fens Varos. If he was going on longer, he might have leaked a few things. Because you seen uh, his face, he was absolutely uh, sick. And I think that was a game on Saturday, his face, he was absolutely, he looked done in, he looked like, it was like, what am I doing here? And he was talking about how we're a youth, we're a, a kind of, a, a youth team and all that. And I think he's just, he's just trying to put words out, just because uh, I think he's so frustrated for what's happening. And I think you can see in his face that, he knows something's not right. I think we all know something behind the scenes is not going right because how it's allowed to continue like this, just everything as you say, you'll have to tap the bottom for the youths, to tap guys what to leave, guys no performing. On the, the, see, on the youth set up, Ryan, that's going to be more important now than ever because oh, we're going to get Brexit 
And to sign players for abroad isn't going to be as easy a transaction as the way it used to be, like for visas and stuff like that. So you're going to have to be basing on British players and youth development more than ever because of this Brexit and all this stuff that comes with it. So we need to get that side behind the scenes sorted. We really need to. And I'm hoping this guy Dominic McKay is going to be working 24 7. This guy's going to be bumming it between these 42, man. Only 41 and now. I feel this guy has got a massive job because he really needs to strip the club back bare. And what I read on the guy, he seems a very, very clever guy, very shrewd guy, and very good business side of it. But I just hope whoever he appoints as a manager, he lets the manager do what the manager wants. He sticks to the side of making money. Um, but I just hope he doesn't try and come in and do what Peter Lawwell's doing because you're just swapping one guy for another very carbon copy, but we'll talk about that later on. But um, the youth setup really needs to change. I can't believe that young boy, he only got, we only got him 18 months ago and he's away to Liverpool. It's like nobody wants to be at the club. And is that because they don't see a pathway to the first team? Because... There's constant players leaving, there's constant managers leaving, there's constant coaches leaving. There's no actual structure there that anybody can develop under and say they've got a pathway to the first team. So it needs to be all restructured to tap the bottom. But I don't know, man, it's going to be a massive job in it because we can't even, we find it very hard to sign one or two players, never mind structure a club. As you spoke about, John, obviously. We've spoken about on other podcasts about a different structure for maybe the, the Ajax or the Leipzig or Salzburg, whatever. The youth system is definitely, I think, something that that guy, maybe Mackay's got to come in and he's got to implement, obviously, a new manager, but that new manager has got to have a structure to tap the bottom. Look, that's what he done with Scottish rugby. He done it for grassroots up to national level. I know football is a different game for rugby, uh, different mentalities, right enough. But as you said, Robert, he's got a hell of a job to try and encourage and develop youth players to try and stay and make a career at Celtic. You don't mind players coming in for two, three, four years, by the time they're 22, 23, sell them on. That, that's just business, that's the way it is. Um, but we're not producing. You mentioned Mikey Johnson. What age is Mikey? 21? How about that, aye? Roughly, aye. He should have played more games for Celtic what he has, if he's that good enough. I don't think he's actually cemented a place. He's no chap in the door wanting to play. I know he, he said a bad injury to be fair, and he's been out for 10 months or so. Hopefully it gets better, but I don't think the long term he's going to be the answer. It's just, it's very, for the first team in the youth, it's just, I think the youth's got to definitely, it's got to be, the, as Robert says, the pathway to the future now that comes to transfers because it's got to be, it's got, something's got to be done about it. See what Robert said the last, I think it was the last podcast, reserve football, mm-hmm. that will help. I I I I I Robert says that I but getting the kind of put the Colts in and if it is competitive football because I think that's what 
play against men, no guys your own age. Well, that's what all these ex-professionals like, like Simon Ferry, Open Goal, Kevin Kyle, they all talk about how when they played as their football, they became men, and that's when they learned their football. Like Simon Ferry always talks about when he played with Paul Lambert. Paul Lambert just says, pal, just watch me and you'll learn me and watch me and ball against training. And I think guys like, say your, your young guys like your, maybe your, your, your Hendersons, say they want to play, but maybe just say it isn't in charm and but Brown one week in the reserves because the, on a Saturday they didn't play. He'd probably learn mid and playing in a game with them than he would training with them. That's just my opinion. I think guys will get better playing football than just training with these guys. I don't know what you think of that, Robert, but I think it's... Maybe that's something that I don't know, obviously, if the pandemic will totally kill that to happen, for money sense, but I think it could be something that Celtic could maybe bring into the... And they are an argument. Listen, maybe no set up a, a reserve league again. Aye, the reserve league thing or the coach league, uh, the league, um, they put the coach into the league too. Um, I like the Iron Brew Cup because a lot of the coach teams get into that and they do get a wee bit of a test. Um, that's that's a way to develop them as well, but it can't just be in one cup competition. Mm-hmm. It's got to be in a league setup as well, and I think it will probably generate income for us, some of these smaller teams as well. Um, like, say, your breakings and stuff like that. Maybe playing Celtic Colts now, say, a Wednesday night at, say, up at Erdies Gun, you're like, oh, what am I doing? Or if not, I'll go up there and watch it. Maybe get a crowd of 5,000, you know what I mean? I think it would benefit the poor Scottish football, especially after the pandemic, because money's got to be shortfall. Um, and maybe just restructure it whilst we're in a pandemic and put the coats and stuff like that in there and try and generate money. I think it's a win-win situation or maybe even changing, maybe even putting the reserve league in the summer mm-hmm. when people are only watching the, the first teams and then make the reserve league then for people coming back for injuries and obviously stuff like that and maybe generate money through that way and get a crowd and maybe get a wee TV deal or something with it. But there needs to be something restructured. Yeah, even maybe, say, League 1 and 2, play in the summer with the Colt teams and restructure it that way, get a wee TV deal, get fans into the game through the summer and it gives people something to do through the summer and it can develop players, can play one or two reserve players, it would help, you know what I mean? But that's obviously just a wee idea, I was thinking See the garden playing in the summer. You're aware that the Irish League plays through the summer. Mm-hmm. Look what yeah. Shamrock Rovers are doing in Europe. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah. Is yeah. that because they're playing different time of the year? That's probably got something to do with it as well. But see, on that as well, they're playing games as up to that, they're up to speed. Celtic are playing friendly exactly. against... Celtic are playing friendly against sometimes teams who are no near Celtic's level, and then Celtic take ages to get their, their signings in and they bank on qualifying. But if you did do that, maybe the summer football side, you'll get your signings in before the summer and you can progress. That's what I mean. Shamrock Rovers or whoever it is that's representing them, they're up to speed. They're, f- they're absolutely flying when it comes to qualifiers time. That's why they've been doing so well. It's just, I think a lot's got to change, but I think, I think a lot it'll change when, if and when, 
we get a better manager in, with a better structure and a better understanding because obviously this guy, the new CEO can then, but it sounds like he might be able to help that side of the game and get his, the grassroots of Celtic a bit better. Um, obviously, regarding the new manager, the review, again, we'll talk about you in two seconds, but when it comes to Lennon, how can the team get up for this game tomorrow? After he's just lambasted them after the game Saturday, how can you say the players are, they're no gave me their, their best, they're no doing this, they're no doing that, they're no doing this league, if it's, his condition isn't the best, um, his contribution. How can you how can you expect the players? I know understand Robert John, we played football, you play for yourself, you play for your teammates, you play for your fans, the manager you, you respect them, but you don't go obviously you go and fight for them, but that's no in my opinion, the first thing in your mind. How are you met a good if a team talk with him and go, Oh, he's made me up for that game? It's gonna be very hard for the players that have been lambasted and lambasted every week to turn that performance under Matt Robert. Very hard in my opinion. There's no point for them anyway, Ryan, let's be honest. Their players are good players. They're no point for them. They're no point as a team. They're no the tact, tactics get changed every week. Players' positions get changed every week. It's just pure shambolic to tap the bottom and and I just don't know why he's been allowed to carry on so long. Or how bad he's been and how bad the team has been. I mean their players don't become bad players at night. They just they're playing bad under a bad management and bad systems and bad Tactics, that's simply it. So, as you say, how, how's it say, for instance, Griffiths is starting, Tuesday night, didn't come out. We're looking at him and going like that. I'm not going to play for him. I'm not interested, no. especially with Griffiths having a lot of mental health issues as well. That might have knocked that guy for six. He might not turn up, he might end up after rails. I'm not saying you can't ball him or you can't get him into trouble for no being in condition, but. It's not like he's the only one that's half a boil. There's millions of them. They don't, it doesn't mm-hmm. just have a go at Griffiths. You could probably put everybody in that team and have a go at them. Let's be honest. I think you need to give credit to <sighs> the likes of Kingston's manager, St. Mirren's manager. They've found a way to beat Celtic and they've studied them, they've watched them, they know their weaknesses and they've exploited it. Celtic can do that. Why can we not do that? Because we've got a manager to do it. The manager can't do it. The manager says years ago that tactics wasn't one of these things. So for me, that's just... And I actually meant to say that about the game. It's months at Mum, bro. But... Does they go where they deserved? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But obviously, <laughs> the big, this big thing that we've been talking about, the review, Robert, John, um, obviously, we've heard things after day on Twitter and other podcasts that the reviews might be coming soon. But the hound on the board brings us the view. You need to tell the fans. You need to tell the fans because the communication is ridiculous. You can't say there's got a review, then there's no review. The review is meant to be in the new year. When's the new year? The summer? Next month? Mm-hmm. Before we've won six, seven games in 24 games. Any other, even at amateur level, the amateur, the amateur manager would go, boys, I can't take you in the but I'm away. Is it money we're running? Is it money that he's still here? That he's holding for the paycheck, as Lowell just want to wait to end of the season because that's when he's leaving. But the review for me is totally disrespecting the fans. It's disrespecting the, the guys who do a lot for the club, money wise, and the Celtic Trust, and everybody else who does brilliant things for the club. They're wanting answers. And for me, John, the, the 
it's just they can't come out and say something and then leave the fans with silence. Even their social media platforms, silence. It's happy birthday, this ex player, birthday, this ex player. Get your Lisbon Lions chocolate, but nothing about a review. There's a, there's a, a disconnect right through the club, isn't there? Uh, for the management, board, players, fans. And when you furrow for the youth set up as well, it doesn't sit well with me. That. I know they might. I don't know the engine outs yet. They might have had to do it because the rest of the teams might have been doing it. I don't know. It's it's a way of getting eighty percent of your money off the government, which I'm I'm not going to say that's wrong because it's enough. You open for you, you know, lose as much money because Celtic are losing money hand over fist for COVID. Um, but the disconnect is frightening. Um, for years we were laughing at that other mob, and. Um, they're laughing like fuck now, aren't they? They're laughing. They're all they're all over it. I don't blame them, quite honest. I know. I don't know what you think. It obviously the view, but we've spoke about it. I know you've got quite high opinions on it. It's just it's it's you're not wanting to wash your nut about it because you're just going to get yourself angry about it, and you don't want to get yourself angry about something that you can't. Eat prevent but it's just it's very the disconnect as John says it's it's for the start of the season it's just been non-existent the connection for the fans has been it's not been there it must be some fucking amount of paper man in this review because it's lasted far too long must be about a fucking five page five thousand pound five thousand page book the review because they've no commitment to it they've no to it was anything John Paul Taylor He's a nice guy and he's doing a lot for all the fans and the club and that. I feel sorry for him because I think he's taking it to the board but the board are just rubber them. And then mm-hmm. he's having to come back to the fans and say, I'm putting your points there. And then day in, day out, that guy takes on Twitter, John Paul, what's happening here? People, I need to get this, I need to get this. And he's trying to engage with the fans as much as he can, but it's like he's hitting a glass ceiling. He's trying to take all these points and go to the board, but it's just hitting half the ceiling and falling back and doing the tap room. Or the door, as you want to say, they're not opening the door to let them in to speak about it. Or they maybe, they're just, I don't know, they're rubber youngers, let's be honest. They're not interested in telling us, they're trying to kind of go on as much as they can. Hopefully, one gets a cut of results and it just fizzles out to the end of the season, then they can do it. But to me, I think it, we're only two or three weeks away from another massive fans' protest doing it at Park. I feel that's the way we're going. And that's what, after that Sorry, game on Saturday, it would have happened. As I've said before, they're only the custodians of the club. It's a fans fucking it's a fans club. Yeah. And they should have a voice. They should have an opinion. Uh, don't cross a line right enough, but they need to be heard yeah. and the, the, you know they will be heard. Things don't improve, they will be heard and they're going to make a big noise. Because obviously we're talking about the review and before the review about Dubai. Obviously, John we found out that it was four hundred K that they pay to go to Dubai and there's players furloughed that I think it's, that just doesn't sit well with a lot of fans obviously on Twitter and uh, other podcasts or something but today it's just wrong um, but, but last week question I got a guy for, uh, question for John he says it may be a bit con- con- controversial what do you think we need to do to challenge Rangers again next year I know a lot of fans might not think a lot is needed but how many players do you think we need 
he reckons maybe six or seven, and obviously the manager to leave. My opinion is, John, I think a better manager. Obviously, we're going to sell, we're probably going to sell Edward, Ayer, Christie. They're going to sell in the jam, maybe in the summer. So that's at least four or five. You're probably going to get at least 20 million, at least maybe, maybe 20 million. They'll pay a new manager. He might come in on an idea. I think there may be only three or four players that if you get three or four quality players with a better manager, better coaches, for me, you're maybe, see, I'm just, after that, my nut. You're a goalkeeper right away. The right back, you don't know if, if he's going to be here next year again, the right back. So, another left back, two centre backs. <laughs> so, McGregor, Pumbo, and Sorrow, are they going to stay? Ellen Ussie might go back. You're probably going to need about seven or eight players. Easy. Easy. It's going to, it's going to be a total rebuild. So, I think I agree, I agree with John. It might be controversial, but you're going to need about seven or eight players to come into this team. It's going to be like Rodgers, again, in my opinion. Dyer's team was fading out, players are wanting to leave, and Rodgers come in and stepped all back. I think it's going to be like that again. I think fans will need to strap in, because it's not going to be three months. It might take six months, it might take a year. As you've said before, John, you would take a year out in a way to make sure you get enough five or six years success, and I think that's the way we might need to strap in and be prepared for Robert. Five or six, seven or eight, <laughs> along the lines of signing, mate. And it can't be just squad players. It's got mm. to be of quality to come in and improve the team because I think, as you say, guys like Tumble, McGregor and Sorrow are decent players, but they're getting no dragged into any different levels. And the players that are maybe leaving in the summer have just found tools, as far as I'm concerned, or not untested. Um, and pff, I just pray to God there's something happening in the background as a manager identified. The guy knows he's getting the job in the summer, but it's hush-hush. Because there's no way you can bring a guy in the summer, pray to him, right, what signings do you need? You know these things happen that quick, but the mm-hmm. qualifiers creep up on you. He's going to end up with a designated squad, beat on back at centre-half in your qualifiers. You've not got your right centre-half in, because then you end up getting outbid for centre-half. There's got to be a manager in place, with three or four signings in place, ready to come in and hit that ground running, and then you can maybe take your time over the next two or three or four signings, and there's got to be something like that in place. Whether we've got that in place in there, I don't think so, mate. I think the silence is deafening, and the silence is for a reason, but I pray to God that it's, it's all this is all going to work out for us in the summer, and we've got all this in place. But and obviously, the next few weeks is going to be hard watching. Mm-hmm. Yourself, John, how ask we battle on that? What's your thoughts on obviously the restructuring for next season? How, how many players you need to get? And obviously, again, guys, if you've got a thought about a new manager, a new thought, I know when he's still in the job. I know a lot of managers won't want to talk about it because you're still in a job, but as fans, you're allowed to speculate. We, we all know I'm Eddie Howe, Christmas card list. I want him in. I want him in to come and step back to the club, but I don't know what your opinion is on it, John. I just want a manager and it's going to win. Play decent football, bring through the youths. It's a hard ask, that right enough. It's, you probably don't get all that. But see, the other mob, they've no money. They're only signing guys that sort of contract. I think they're going to have a pretty settled squad again next year. One or two of them might leave. Aye, Morelos will probably go. They'll make, they might get a 
few million for him, maybe a one or two others. But they'll be pretty settled. I don't think their first 11 is going to change much. They're there for the beating. Celtic's totally underperformed this season. I think, obviously, guys will be leaving. There'll be fresh faces coming in. But as you said, they've got to be starting games. None of this squad stuff. They've got to be in to start. Strength in the side. Because we spoke for months about Celtic's got 18, 19, 20 quality players. Seeing looking back, we've no, have we? No, no. But again, is that all down to the management and the coaches? Because last year, apart from maybe three or four players in start 11, that's a team that went out of Lazio and can I beat Lazio kind of comfortably? In a way, and well, that's your pumped us. No, sorry, no, no, no at home. Sorry, uh, away at home. Or at Celtic no. at home are quite comfortable at home. No, at home they've punished us. I know, Ryan. We were I lucky thought, at home. No, I, I, I thought we were quite comfortable. There have been three or four up. Forced up out after three or four world class saves. Well, maybe I'm talking about Mars then. Maybe I'm talking about Mars. What's your what's your pumped us over away? Maybe I'm just trying yeah. to back my team up now. <laughs> but no, but you know what I'm saying is that they beat that show twice. Julian and him at the back, I at the back, they were decent. I know in Europe we can see goals, and, but we beat that show twice and we've done well in that, in that European campaign in a way. And we've just totally felt, felt in the fan, man. Just, again, it's had to do I know people say it's the same manager that you, you beat that show in that last year, but the regression for me is just, it's, it's very, very, it's far. It's very, very far how far these guys haven't done. Aye, Ryan, you were talking about managers. You know I'm a big admirer of Michael O'Neill at Stoke. Um, I said to him just because I thought he'd done a cracking job in Northern Ireland, but I've, in my mind, he'd have just come up with another wee thing. I don't, people can agree or they can agree, but I'd go with Chris Davis, Brendan Rodgers' assistant, and Damien mm-hmm. Duff, whether they would work together, whether they'd be interested in doing it, but two guys that know the club, two guys that are highly respected and two good coaches might know what might work, but just that was just a different opinion. I thought I'd do it. Just fling a different opinion and I think you would get, be able to get the two of them, but it's whether they would want to come in. Are they just coaches or is, the, is Chris Davis want to develop and be the manager? Because I heard he's a lot good behind a lot of Brendan Rodgers stuff. Maybe he would like to go to his end with Damien Duff as a coach. That was just another option. I just thought in my head. And obviously, your last thoughts on that, John, before we end it, end it there. I can't see Damien Duff coming back. He went away for a reason, didn't he? Um, Davis is obviously a top coach because Rogers wouldn't have him working with him if he wasn't. But as I've said, I quite fancy the Leipzig set up the way they do things. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think another manager. It's, Either go to be somebody fresh or a proven winner, what Benitez or whatever. But no man it's early now anyway. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but again, thanks for your time, guys. We've had a lot of topics to go through. Again, it's just good to get different opinions because a lot of these are all humming and harring about what's been happening. Um, obviously, I've just seen them. I've just signed the guy the right back. He's been first one now. So that's one thing the community said today. Another review, but it's something, I suppose. But that's us this week. Robert, John, I appreciate your time and we'll be back on Thursday to review the Commandment game. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Cheers.
Cheers, watch. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.